0: guys. And do I have a treat for you? Because yes, as promised, here is me playing the opening theme on my tin whistle. Wasn't that spectacular? You are welcome. Also, I did actually have to um, record that and then sit down because I was like out of breath. I didn't realize how hard it is to play the tin whistle, but there you go. I do this for you. You, the listener, aren't you blessed? Anyway, welcome. My name is Perry and welcome to another glorious episode of Hello Mr. Burns, a research podcast where I talk about old school Simpsons episodes and how watching these episodes might make you sound smarter.
1: I am too smart. I mean S-M-A-R-T.
0: Today's podcast episode is a deep dive of the eighth episode of season one, The Telltale Head. And as always, we'll start with a super duper quick episode synopsis, list out new and notable characters, and then we're going to get straight into some good old research and did you know's. Just as a side note, it's super windy today in Melbourne, so you will hear a lot of background noise, but don't worry, I'm okay, I'm fine, and the tin whistle is safely in its case. The episode's title is a reference to the short story The Tell Tale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. I really struggle with saying that quickly, The Tell Tale Heart. Oh, wait, I did it, never mind. Anyway, so that's an absolute classic of the gothic fiction genre, in which the narrator commits a murder, he buries the body under the floorboard, and then is driven to insanity in a confession, um, thinking that he can hear the murder victim's heartbeat. So I'm not sure why this episode is used a lot in the more recent Simpsons plot lines, um, namely in the stupid new opening sequence where you can see the town bullies soaring off the head and squashing Ralph and his ice cream. I cannot stand the new sequence. But anyway, so let's go through one of the speediest episode synopsises yet. Synopsis, Synopsises. So no, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Just a statue? Is a Statue of Liberty just a statue? Is the Leaning Tower of Pizza just a statue? In this episode, Bart cuts the head off the statue of Jebediah Springfield in the centre of the town to impress some bullies. The town's residents are horrified and Bart starts freaking out. After telling Lisa and Marge, Homer and Bart head to the centre of the town where they're met by an angry mob. After Bart tells the mob that he's made a mistake... The townspeople forgive him, Bart places the head back on the statue, and everyone celebrates. So uh, new and notable appearances in this episode are my personal favorite character, Sideshow Bob, although in this episode he's more of a background character and he has a giant afro, Krusty the Clown, Reverend Lovejoy, Apu Nahasa Pima Petalon, Schoolyard Hooligans, Jimbo Jones, Kearney Zizwujish. It kind of, I don't know how to pronounce it. It kind of looks like Z's. And Dolph Starbeam, who is the bully with the weird 90s bowl cut and the cutest last name ever. Starbeam. Love it. All right, guys, should we get to some learning? I think we shall. Tally ho. So this is not a research fact, but I really find it odd that Americans use the word boner for the word mistake.
1: You know, Bart, when I was your age, I pulled a few boners.
0: Tee So as I said, this episode is a reference to Edgar Allan Poe's 1843 gothic short story, The Telltale Heart. So as I said, the story follows an unnamed narrator who tries to convince the reader that he's completely sane and not crazy while simultaneously describing a murder he just committed. Although he claims it was the perfect murder, um, complete with dismembering the body in the bathtub and hiding it under the floorboards, he's slowly driven to madness after claiming he can hear a thumping sound from under the floorboards, which is the dead man's heart. This story has become a common literary device used to represent festering guilt, repressed emotions, and the suspension of disbelief as the personification of a bad decision refuses to let someone rest. So what's in the bag, Warren? My (laughs) head. I said, what's in the bag, Bart? Go ahead, Bart.
1: Tell them.
0: We will get more in-depth with this story in Edgar Allan Poe at a later episode. Um, The Telltale Heart is used again, namely in Season 6, Episode 2, where Lisa's rival, if you remember, there's a new character called Allison who kind of, like, outperforms Lisa and everything. Um, She's actually voiced by Winona Ryder. So, hmm. Anyway, so during the diorama competition at school, Allison does one about the telltale heart. So during Sunday school, the teacher, Mrs. Albright, and the students are discussing the topic of who and who doesn't get into heaven.
1: The ventriloquist goes to heaven, but the dummy doesn't. Oh, 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 me. Bart. What about a robot with a human brain? I don't know. All these questions. Is a little blind faith too much to ask?
0: Now, look. I did a lot of research and I can tell you this with great confidence. um, Religions are pretty intricate, and I wouldn't even want to attempt to answer this question myself because each religion and every single person has their own thoughts on whether or not pets and animals get into heaven. So, we're going to do like a broad strokes approach to this. There was a research piece by the Chicago Tribune where they spoke to significant religious figures to see what their stance was on whether or not animals pets mainly dogs and cats whether or not they get into heaven so let's see what they say on this for catholics they spoke with reverend john schmiedler of uh saint john the evangelist catholic church in lawrence who said that the catholic church traditionally teaches that animals do not go to heaven
1: but in 2014
0: Pope Francis really shook things up by saying that paradise is open to all of God's creatures. Um, So this statement completely shook many people because his predecessor, Pope Benedict XVI, implicitly said that when animals die, they just die. You know what? Pope Benedict sounds like an absolute wet mop, honestly. Also, remember that Pope Francis used to work as a nightclub bouncer in Argentina, so So if anyone knows who is and who isn't on the guest list for the eternal afterlife nightclub, it's him. So for Muslims, it's said that the Quran contains no direct references to an afterlife for animals. But one Muslim scholar, Ali, said that in paradise, people will be given everything that they have asked for. So indirectly, if they want their pets, they can have them. Islam, Ali also went on to say, teaches that God will be the judge of people and animals. Um, And this is a direct quote from him. For example, he'll charge an animal that has horns who took advantage of one that didn't have horns and all horned animals will be turned to dust after taking him to account for what the horned animal did. Um, By that kind of logic, my cat is going straight to hell because I don't have claws and he constantly attacks me with them. See you in hell, kitty. But that's fine because I'm pretty sure I'm going to hell as well, so... (laughs) We'll be in good company. So for the Jewish religion, Rabbi Scott White of Congregation Ohev Shalom in Prairie Village, Kansas said, Judaism teaches that God reserves a blessed existence in the world to come for those truly virtuous. It's only fitting that such an existence includes the pet that inspired this greatness. When asked further, he said, for myself, a paradise with my own mutt, rescue the wonder dog, is a perfect inducement to pursue virtue. How is that put? I love that. I really want to meet Rescue the Wonder Dog as well. So for Hinduism, there is a story in the Hindu epic Mahabharata about Yudhishthira. So when he makes his final journey to heaven, his faithful dog Druba is waiting for him there. And basically he was allowed to go into heaven, but he was told he'd have to leave his dog. And so because he kept insisting, both he and his dog were allowed into heaven to eternal peace. Isn't that sweet? The Church of the Latter-day Saints is pretty insistent that, yes, all animals go to heaven. And um, I did find that note that their prophet, Joseph Smith, implicitly said that when concerning his favourite horse, when it died, he expected to have it in eternity. The Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster believes that heaven includes a beer volcano and strippers, and I'm happy to report that pets are welcome. There is some concern for certain animals and their ability to regulate eating, however. So in the Flying Spaghetti Monster forums, I found that one person was pointing out that their their golden retriever would eat an entire bag of kibble if left alone. So there would need to be some sort of monitoring system on the heaven snacks. Another person pointed out that they have three cats and two of the cats gang up and bully the third. So heaven would not be a nice place for that bullied third cat. But luckily, a Farian minister assured them that in heaven, the kibble would be monitored and the third cat would have his own room. Later in the episode, Bart asks the bullies how they got stolen goods from the quickie man. Jimbo replies, five finger discount, man. Even though the characters in The Simpsons only have four fingers. It's not until season seven that they use the famous quote, four finger discount. Um, There's actually another awesome podcast about The Simpsons called Four Finger Discount Podcast. I'm obsessed, guys. Please listen to them if you can't get enough Simpsons. Um, In case you're curious, cartoon characters usually have four fingers because it's easier to draw four fingers than five. Try it. It's true. Actually, you know what? Pause this podcast. Go away. Draw it. Send me a photo of your weird five fingered drawing. When Bart is asking Homer how important it is to be popular, Homer replies with this.
1: I'm glad you asked, son. Being popular is the most important thing in the world. So, like, sometimes you could do stuff that you think is pretty bad so other kids will like you better? You're not talking about killing anyone, are you? No. Are you? No. Then run along, you little scamp. A boy without mischief is like a bowling ball without a liquid centre.
0: So, I know nothing about physics, and um, when I researched if this is true or not, I found some very upset bowling forums where people were outraged at the idea that a bowling ball would have a liquid centre. Ooh, these guys were getting really upset. One website said that the idea of a liquid centre bowling ball is utterly absurd and goes against everything that physics and mankind stands for. I don't know, make of that what you will. All I know is that I'm bad at bowling and physics, so maybe there's a connection. Who knows? Finally, just pointing out this very tender moment. I love you Smithers feeling is more than neutral, sir. So when asked if Smithers was homosexual or heterosexual, David Silverman simply replied, neither. He's burned sexual. And on that heartwarming note, roll credits. So the whole cutting off of Jebediah's head gets a little overused, if you ask me, Um, especially in the stupid new opening sequence, which I refuse to discuss any further because it makes me mad. But obviously you guys got me on a tirade. So here I am bringing it up again. So the next episode I'll be covering is episode nine, Life on the Fast Lane. We got some bowling action. And some sleazy French affair. Stay tuned for another cracker. And perhaps a glimpse of me attempting to do a French accent. Which will be a treat. And as always. Keep watching the skis. (laughs)
1: it <laughs>